Welcome to the Elite Life with Trisha and Kylie. This is where we'll teach you how to develop grit, give yourself grace, and succeed in real estate. So let's dive in. Welcome, 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 friends, to another episode of The Elite Life. We are so excited today because we have an absolute powerhouse guest here with us, and I can't wait to hear her just rain down some fire for us all. Um, I have no doubt it's going to be the best show ever. Wow, no pressure, Trish. Why don't we just have our friend Becky say hi to our listeners? What is going on, everyone? I'm super happy to be here when you guys reached out for me to be a guest. I was very honored. Um you guys really put out quality information and any opportunity that I have to be around other powerhouse women, um, sign me up because I feel like we cannot shine a light um, bright enough on uh, certain topics, certain people, and anything that I can do to help anyone um, come up with behind me. I got the door open for you for sure. I love that. Thank you. I love that. Especially in our industry, like real estate and mortgages has always been a male dominant mm. area. So I love that like women are taking it back. Look out. Yeah. <laughs> Out. Yeah, so Becky is a uh, vice president mortgage banker for Capital Mortgage Funding, and she also co-hosts the Hardcore Mortgage Show, which I got to be a guest on, so thank you so much for that. That was super, super fun. Um, she is just an absolute expert in the mortgage industry, and she actually ranks in the top 1% of mortgage originators, which is amazing because there's a lot of them out there, so yeah. to get into that top 1% is huge. Um, and she's just going to unpack today what's really going on in the industry and share just some inspiration, motivation, kick-ass fire and all those good things. <laughs> yeah. So um, give us a little background about you, your story, how you came up, anything you want to share. Yeah, I mean, that's like a loaded question. I mean, like how much time we got, right? right. Uh, that's what everybody <laughs> says. Everybody's like, well, I wanted to be a fairy princess and here I am in mortgages. Like, yeah. well, <laughs> honestly, I feel like that is something that, um, you know, as a real estate professional, as you guys are in a mortgage professional, I feel like that no one really seeks it out. We right. all just naturally fall into it. And when I leave this industry, I feel like there needs to be more of a light of that is something that I want to do with my life. I do want to be a real estate professional. I do want to be a loan officer because ultimately there is no glass ceiling. I mean, yeah. there is no ceiling. I mean, you can be as successful as you want or in whatever your barometer of success is. So if you want to close two transactions and that's your barometer for success because you can be there present for your children, great, be that. If you want to close a $200 million in, in transactions and volume and whatever else, you can do that too. There really is no one way or the other that's wrong for you. And that's why I love our industry. But we all kind of stepped into it, like I said, accidentally. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm standing here now, eight, I'm on my 18th year. Nice. Um, and you're right. It is, I'm especially in a male dominated side of things. You know, I've always been one of maybe only or two female loan officers in any office I've ever stepped in. Um, and then to even be on the hardcore mortgage show, that's a, we're, that's a, it's on 97.1 every Saturday morning from nine to 10 on a, the biggest, largest sports talk station yeah. in Southeast Michigan. What do you think I'm surrounded by all the time? Dudes. Yes. Dudes. Constant. <laughs> I mean, you got, they're coming in the booth they're coming out of the booth. So, and I had to fight to get that, that spotlight because I felt like there was a space missing um, for where people like ourselves can really just add to the conversation because I feel like as women, we are extremely strong. 
we look at things completely different, but then we also can meet our clients with that empathy that I feel like sometimes it's lacking. And this isn't a male hater show, obviously by any yeah. means, but um, we females do look at things differently and yeah, we're able to meet sure. people at a different place in their life because we don't get to just say, okay, I work for five hours. I'm home now. Honor me. Right. Right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to, you don't get to just say that. Cause when you come home, you put on the other hat. Yeah. You have mom, you have, you got to cook the dinner. You got to get everyone ready for school. You got to, you know, get everything ready for the holidays. And I know there's some super dads out there too, that are really involved in all the things, but you know, I feel like in our industry, that chink in our armor has always been children or the family life. And, oh, you know, the industry is not made for you to dominate when I feel like we are the next generation of watch me. Absolutely. And I will say I had actually been on the Harcomer show before and it was all guys. Yep. And um, I think I said like three words. It was me, TJ and Andy. And oh, then so like it was just like it was the man's club. And I got like yep. three words in and I came in this time and I didn't know Becky would be on the show. And I was like, I have things to say. And yes. I seen her and I was like, oh, and I have a partner that's going to help me with it. Heck yeah. Yes. And yeah. we did like it was such a great show. And I was like, and I, I think Andy got in two words this time and I was yeah. like and then and then and then <laughs> you okay so to that point is you came in there and you commanded mm. the space and I feel like I have fought really hard to kind of open up that doorway yeah. so I kind of if you are to paint a picture of it I feel like I'm like a starfish in front of the door yeah. and I'm like and you can come and you can come and you can come because I don't want that space to close for anybody um I feel like we all work really hard to have you know to be seen and to be heard and to finally be at a point in my career where I can now open that up for other women um i'm here to do it and and that's circling back to something you said is like what i do love about this industry and we've talked about it before is that it's so it's not like a i don't know if if one size fits all is like a good a good thing you know a good analogy but it's truly whatever you make it i mean like we were talking about moms with kids and stuff like that and the perception is well oh if she's working you know 40 50 hours a week at her real estate job she's failing over here when really it's like no my kids are cut look at rachel yeah our our agent rachel she just slays it month in and month out and she's like i just don't let anything hold me back like if i gotta bring my kid i gotta bring my kid if yeah. i gotta eat dinner on the road we're eating dinner on the road it's just like what before we got started it was what trish was saying where um you just get into this hyper focus mode where failure is not an option and i feel like that's been a part of my success is because i know no one's ever going to come to save me yes i had to be my own hero Amen. and there was never going to be a moment where uh, a problem was coming to me where i'm like oh well that's hard i, I quit and the same thing comes with professionally on the mortgage side of things because everyone's transaction is completely different. Right. Their clients that we deal with, they naturally self-sabotage themselves unintentionally. Mm -hmm. Things are constantly <laughs> happening. Not every situation is different, or every situation is different, rather, and you have to be constantly pivot, pivot, pivot. And I'm definitely, in 2023 and even going forward, you have to either pivot or it's going to perish, right? And you pivot have to- Pivot or perish. I like yep, that. You had to pivot or perish. And that goes with the deal is going to either pivot or perish, right? I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, it's hard. I don't want to do it anymore. No, I will literally put everyone on my back. I will throw us over the finish line um, to get us there because people are just beat down by life sometimes. Yep. And um, I feel so blessed to have that platform, the radio show. Um, and I, like I said, I fought to get on there. I got passed up a couple times, not 
you know, not that I got passed up, but I'd be like, me, me, my turn, my turn. And then, you know, like, well, you over here, you're number one. And, you know, and talking, not, they weren't talking about me, but I was number one. And I heard a conversation one day in my office and I was like, huh, how are you going to say, like I happened to overhear you say X, Y, Z over here is number one, but where on paper are they number one? Because last I checked, I'm closing more transactions than anybody in this office, male or female. So where are they number one? Just because their volume's a little bit higher? Because if you take my units, right? Because yeah. you got to think about it. We're in Michigan. Yeah. You know, I'm a, we're a nationally ranked lender, but we're very boutique. Capital mortgage funding is because we're very hyper-focused local. Mm-hmm. But I'm also licensed in 18 states. Nice. So I can, if you have a client, it's I'm a one-stop shop. And that's the point is that you're, you have these relationships, these teams. I'm that person that I'm going to take you. I'm going to, we're going to build together, grow together, and I can help your clients in all facets of their life, whether it's their first house, their second house, or their dream house in California, we're here to help them. And that's the point. And so, you know, they happen to be licensed in some states that were a little bit higher price point. But when you go to the units, I'm double, triple mm. some people. So to me, who's working harder? Yes, that is shows you're out hustling. So yeah. I was like, and you know, the conversation I had, I said, your daughters are about to be graduating college. They're going to be in some really tough fields. Do you think that they're not going to experience doors being opening? They're going to watch doors close in front of them and be easily open for men. Do you think they're not going to experience that? And it stops with me because normally I would have just let it slide. And I have let it slide early on in my career. And I just finally had enough of that because Mm -hmm. I could see it. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. And, you know, so me speaking up in that moment now opened up the door for other women to come on the radio show a sports talk radio show and then i'm bringing other powerhouse women with me because we are changing the narrative yeah we are changing the conversation and it's time that we stop believing that we are supposed to fit in this box yeah. because you're not going to put me in that box anymore and um i'm here to, to change the things i got goosey i yes. know i got I goosies right it. now yes um so you you've mentioned capital mortgage funding um tell our listeners a little bit about capital mortgage funding and and what makes them different as a company and why you were drawn to them specifically because you started what oh three or four yep, 2004 yep okay so um when you started was around when i started too okay. so you could be i was a loan officer as well mm-hmm. because you didn't have to be licensed then oh so yeah i was, I was a wild yeah. i was the loan officer and the realtor and yep. the processor on every single deal and i could do all the hats right mm-hmm. so now it's very different so what kept you in that space and and led you to to this company um well prior to I started I mean um I was so I've been in the business since I was 21 and before that I was working three jobs going to school doing all the things that I thought I had to do check box check box Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what the heck I wanted to really do I just knew I was put on this earth to be very impactful but I didn't know how I was going to be impactful and um I worked, you know, I was like I said, I was waitressing, servicing, you know, bartending. And honestly, that gave me the best life skills of my entire life because when you're a bartender, you know how to talk to people. Yeah. You, you don't know, know how to you know how to manage a lot of things going on at yeah. one time. Yes, too. and you have to I mean, they're there, it's their off work, they're had a stressful day, you can read them. And when you mm-hmm. can learn how to read a room and you anticipate what they're wanting, um, people came just to sit in front of me and talk to me. And um I love that. Yeah. Right. And you get to know their drinks and their things and um, and what they want in life and they spill their stories to you. And that's no different than what we do 
in real estate and mortgages, yes, right? It's, yes, it's, it's yes, not yes, different. Yes. We're definitely life coaches there. So yeah. um, I fell into it where um, there's this, my, uh, this guy, he's in real estate now also. Mm-hmm. And we, just coincidentally, our lives were always dancing around each other. Mm-hmm. I knew him. Um, we were friends. We had mutual friends. But anytime I go somewhere else, I'd be like, you're bartending here too? You're like, <laughs> we didn't talk every day, but he would just be everywhere. Yeah. And then I lost sight of him for a little bit. But again, here he comes popping up. And he was like, Becky. I just got this job at this mortgage company. He was like, I think you'd be great. I think you should come in for an interview. And I was like, okay, well, what's that? I am i didn't have a note. I didn't know what a note was. I didn't, you know, like I'm still doing the things, struggling to get out of, like, out of, out of the hole. All the things, right? Yeah. Yes. And so he was like, I think you'd be great at it. And I was like, okay. And he's like, but it's 100% commission. I was like, I'm 100% commission now. I'm a bartender <laughs> and I'm out here hustling. You know, you're doing, you got to work hard for that money. Um, so I came in, it was just, do you want the job or not? And so I sat in the room. I've only worked for two companies really. So, um, but you're talking, it was broker status. So Mm -hmm. the boiler room is very real. That movie, um, you're literally, you know, and I was trained to be really, really good on the phones. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't meet anyone. You're talking 2004 rates were coming down from the nines, the 11s, everything's 80, 20. You literally could be like, I make a million dollars. And you could put that in a piece of paper and someone was going to give you you a loan for that. And the more I kind of sat back and listened and watched, you know, I learned very quickly. I was like, oh my God, like, and you're listening to these conversations. I'm like, that could be someone talking to my grandma Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And I, um, very quickly pivoted away from what they were doing. And I started to kind of get my own game and go, you know, kind of that thing going. And there is that moment where this industry, it's going to break you before it makes you. And there's this moment where I was intimidated. I thought maybe I wasn't qualified to have the hard conversations on a couple of transactions. And then where I was, they were very much, I'm going to keep you under your thumb. I didn't know that you're supposed to have these relationships with realtors. I didn't know that I needed to get out and make these connections. I was just an animal on the phone, not in an aggressive or, or like a mean way right. where it was dis, uh, disingenuous, but I just learned how to make that connection over the phone and be genuine about what I was saying because I genuinely did want to help these people. Yeah. And there was this moment where I was like, this is happening. I don't know how to fix it. Could you have this conversation? And this is what changed my career personally as far as what I was doing when I once I got on the mortgage side. They got on the phone, blew it up, blew it up. So you know, you're the person you called in to second voice them. Yeah, it's a second voice ruined them. It. Yeah, because I didn't know anybody. And I was like, okay, I'm looking at you like a mentor. Mm-hmm. I want you to maybe let me observe and see how you're going to handle the situation. And they blew up the transaction. They started yelling at the realtor. The client got upset. And um, again, you're talking I'm 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I looked at them and I was like, oh, my God. That's not right. I could have did that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I could have did that. And from that moment on, I got that PhD and you don't ever – Give someone the ability to affect not only your finances, but who you are as a person, what brand you want to put out, that mm-hmm. culture, yeah. that, you know, your ethics. You don't want someone to ever have that opportunity to kind of take it to their narrative and it's because that wasn't me. So in that moment, I took control of my brand, my business and all the things that I wanted. And from there, I became a top producer even in that arena. So this is 2004. So by 2005, right before I was like, okay, I need to make money. I'm going to get out of the business. I got to make a push. And um, that was it. It was that moment where I was like, this is it. And I turned the corner. So, and that was in 2004 or five. So I buy a house in 2006. Two years later, the housing market collapsed. So you're talking, I was born in this industry where you had to 
you know, it was fight or flight all the time. And then I finally buy my first house. Two years later, the housing market collapsed. I'm still very young. And I, at one point, I used to feel like I would have to lie and tell people I was older. Mm-hmm. So they would take me seriously. Yeah. Because who are you, little girl? Yep. That's going to, yeah. um, you know, tell me how to, what I should do for my mortgages and my house and my finances. But here you are and you're not even, you look like you're five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I had to, and again, that was my limiting belief. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that now that I'm older, I shouldn't, you know, I should have been like, yeah, I'm this and I'm here to help you. I'm here to save the day and the things. But um, in 2004, so you're talking four years into my career, I've been through so much in just that little bit of time. Yeah. And we were we a broker. So the company I was with before, Capital Mortgage, was a broker, meaning that we changed our name a thousand times. And no one even thought about it. <laughs> it's the same group of people changing their names a million times. And the reason why they changed their name is because like underwriting would change and then the housing market and everything you had to, they were starting to demand better of the mortgage industry because we did get a huge black eye because there was a lot of bad things happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I witnessed some of those bad things and I was like, that's not me. I want out, but I didn't know how to get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the housing market collapsed, right? So then I have to like, now I'm, your finances go from, you're making hundreds of thousands of dollars and I'm in this room with these guys that are just so like overextended and I was like my god that's so it was so scary to me yeah. it was so intimidating and so I always made sure I lived very under my means and thank god that I did because I probably wouldn't have made it through that I never got out of the industry I never did anything different but I reeled my finances in so tight because mm-hmm. I was poor not that long ago yeah and I knew how to stretch a dollar yeah. when I got into the business I my bank account was negative red and Um, I did all, everything I could to kind of make sure that I was doing what I had to do to survive that because I didn't know anything other than that at that point. And I knew that I was going to be something I didn't, I just had to get through this moment. So then enter capital mortgage funding. Um, one of the guys that was in, um, this old broker, um, he left and he went to capital mortgage funding and he reached out to me and he was like, Becky, dude, you gotta get out of there. He's like, that place isn't for you. You're dying. He was like, you, you're better than that. I'm here. Come and have a conversation with these, with these people. And I was like, okay. And again, I was, cause I'm also loyal to a fault. Yeah. I'm loyal to a fault. There's no other way to say it because I knew that I, I didn't belong there. And, um, it was, they were holding me back. Mm-hmm. But again, the more that you started to see things, I couldn't unsee them. And I was like, if I made it through that, I can make it through anything. Yeah. So now you're coming out of this giant depression, recession, all the things that we were going through. Anyone that's been in that that business. Yeah. And with capital mortgage funding, so everyone's coming out of it. And you did had to you you had to be a direct lender at that point. You had to in order to survive on that side. And you're also talking about where now they're making you get licensed. Mm-hmm. And I actually look at that moment, and I'm so glad that it happened because it did force um, a higher standard of the lending industry. It forced the people that were giving us a bad name to step their game up. We had to be licensed and it got rid of a lot of the bad people out there. And so when I came to capital mortgage funding, it was like, man, so this is what it's like to be around true professionals. This is what it's like to be around people that understand what it's like to have customer service. I'm not alone. I do belong here. Yeah. And um, I stepped into that light where, and again, I was the underdog. Yeah. Here comes Becky Alley. <laughs> Who's she? And it's male dominated again. And I had to reset myself because now I'm understanding I do need to make these relationships mm-hmm. with real estate agents. I'm coming from this refinance monster mm-hmm. to now I need to make, I had to reinvent myself yet again because now I'm understanding, I'm seeing 
um, where my value truly is with people and those connections. And so I did make those connections. I made um, totally revamped everything. But then here I come up and these men didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> they had no like some of I mean and I'm not knocking my colleagues some of them don't work there anymore but like so you know how it is like some guys wear higher heels than we do because like yeah. who like I'm just <laughs> supposed to be here right right and here I am I got nothing to lose I got everything to gain mm-hmm. and move out because you're gonna know my name by the end of the day mm-hmm. and so I shot up like a cannon and they were like where are you getting all these deals and you know like no and I was like I'm working yeah. I'm hustling like, I'm work. obsessed with opportunity I'm obsessed with doing the right thing and I'm obsessed with helping people feel better about their financial status. And I got really, really, really good at it because I knew what it was like to struggle. Mm-hmm. I knew where they were coming from. And even with your your referral partners, like you have to add value to the room. You have to add value to the conversation. And then, um, you know, I turned that corner again once I, I, you know, came up in capital mortgage funding. But um, there really are true professionals there. So now, like, I got my PhD in everything that I didn't want. Yes. And when you know what you don't want, it makes a path to what you do want very clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I, you know, came around, you know, with the capital, they they did put me in that position to grow. And um, I had to fight for it because, again, it's still there was a lot of boys in the room. And um, naturally, I don't feel like they do it intentionally. Yeah. I just feel like they don't know any better. And mm-hmm. so when I'm shaking it up a little bit, um, I made them listen to me because at the end of the day, as women, men, whatever you're doing, even for our children, you have to be so good they can't ignore you. Yes. And I made sure that you could not ignore me. So, you know, I'm standing here now, top weight, a nationally ranked loan officer. I'm openly gay. I spent a lot of my career thinking that I had to hide my personal life from my professional life. And in that moment, I actually, when I'm, I did myself a disservice because of that, because there's in those moments where I thought I had to be what everyone else thought a top producing loan officer looked like, mm-hmm. the world was missing out on the best parts of me. Mm. The world was missing out on my true authentic self because at the end of the day, people know when you're being like, if you're holding something back or not. Yeah. And so when I'm here today as my true authentic self, it is so refreshing. It is so liberating. Mm. And to be able to bring people up with me, you know, cause when I started, no one, no one taught us how to do anything. Yeah. We had to figure it out. I remember taking good faith estimates and I was like, what do you do with these? And the guy's like, just put a line through it and write three, two, three. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. That's what I was showed. Like, that yeah. was it. Like, nobody knew. Serious? Yeah. yeah. Nobody yeah. knew. Like, you just figured it out. And then I was like, well, that didn't work. And I saw you do that. And I want nothing to do with that. So yeah. I'm not going to do that. And you constantly were pivoting. Yeah. yeah. You know, but when, you know, and in those moments where I felt like I had to hide myself, you know, it also limited me on some of the relationships because the same people I was hiding from, they weren't going to work with me anyway. Mm. You know, and I'm really big on right now, like you have to swim to the people that are swimming to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because if someone is drowning and you're over there like, I'm going to save you, they're going to drown you too yeah. because they don't want to be saved. And, you know, so if I can add value to the room and the people that see the value in me, um, I'm going to do everything I can for their success because I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to feel like you have to hide in plain sight. Mm-hmm. And um, it's uncomfortable because yeah. you feel like you're screaming on the inside and you just you're and you you're you're running in chains all the time. And to like finally just click off those chains and just really hit that that ground running and you know where the rubber meets the road, um, it it's refreshing to be here right now in this space to feel safe but also to, 
shine the light on anyone that might have felt that way because I I understand and my road here was paved on a million no's. The like rejection that. is protection. And sometimes that no leads to all the yeses. Mm-hmm. And sometimes someone saying no to you or you saying no to someone else opens up that door for some for you to walk in where you can be all the things and all and what you need and what that person needs to. Yeah. I I everything you shared is like so resonating with me because like mm-hmm. our story has so many parallels. Yes. I was like she I'm lived your life here too. <laughs> and like I lived that same life, the mm-hmm. same thing. But I think that that's why you've been so successful because like you said when you come from from nothing and and you have nothing to lose and everything to prove, you almost go out there like I I had this um picture on the wall that was in Trent's room when it was in the basement and it said prove them wrong. And like all through COVID, we would work out in the basement and I would just look at that, prove them wrong. And it's like been a mantra throughout my a lot of my career because so many things were, like you said, I knew what I didn't want. Like yeah. I had those bosses that would cuss your life out and didn't care about people and only cared about paychecks and money. And like paychecks and money will come when you go and you take care of people. Yeah. And that's, that's why you're so successful is because people feel that with you. Like you are being open. You are being honest. You are looking out for their best interest. You're not just in it to drive a Land Rover or whatever, you know, like you actually are trying to help people and that will always take you further than just trying to be a billionaire. Right. Like money, money doesn't lead. It follows. Right. And, um, I've always lived very modestly and honestly, like, I don't care how successful um, I may become, become, you know, I feel like I've yet to scratch the surface of what I can, you know, I can be, I feel like I might, might be in my first year of like real success. I mean, I'm like, you're gonna be like 18 years in the business. I'm an overnight success. Where did Becky come from? Right. right. But um, to be in that space where I will never forget what it was like to struggle. Yeah. And that's why even now in this moment, people are like, oh my God, Becky, you are everywhere. I'm everywhere because I work like someone is trying to take it away from me. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like there's a little person constantly always trying to take it away from me because I will never take it for granted. Yeah. And I'm never going to forget where I came from. But I'm getting better at looking where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But, and I think that's important for everybody in this, in any kind of, you know, business. Like, look, pay attention to those growths, those, those moments. But don't forget where you came from so that way you don't lose sight of what someone else is coming from. Where you got to meet people where they are and and some of the conversations that you have with people, they don't you don't resonate with them because at the end of the day, they can only meet you as far as they are. Yeah. And I might be at a different place in my life. But if I can remember what that felt like, it's very easy for me to have that conversation with them because you have to stay in tune with reality and your truth. And um, and that's why I love I'm not here to sell anybody. Yeah. I think that when you unlock the code of, you know, it's about helping. It's about serving it's about teaching and all the rest of that stuff just fall into place like fall like behind that. Yeah, sure. that's amazing. Absolutely. All right, we are going to take a quick break here, but do not go away because Becky is going to share some resources and tips and some information about what is going on in the mortgage industry right now and, and should pe- people be afraid of these rates and things that are happening? Let's find out. We'll be right back. Do you know more than 80% of real estate agents fail and quit in their first year of business? MyStarsAcademy.com has set out to solve this problem by providing a convenient, expert-based training and coaching program for both agents and brokers. The Agent Accelerator program teaches agents everything they need to know to level up their business, 
have a constant flow of free leads, convert those leads into clients, and take those clients to the closing table and keep them coming back for more as repeat business. Our industry experts have years of proven success in the business and are here to share that gold through one-on-one -on -one coaching. This will help you achieve more structure and work-life balance. We will map you a plan you can follow, which will guide you through the steps to scale and grow in both your business and personal life. Don't be a statistic. Visit MyStarsAcademy.com and enroll today so you can get the success you deserve. And we are back. So excited to keep unpacking awesomeness with our friend Becky here from Capital Mortgage Funding. She also is the co-host of the Hardcore Mortgage Show. Make sure you all get on YouTube and Facebook and all those great platforms and check them out. We are, we're, we're just loving this, Becky. I know we Yay. were just chatting about a it nice conversation. Yeah. <laughs> have to visit. So you have given us so much already about how, how you are different from other LOs in the industry and how you come at it everything from a service perspective and just out there to help people, which is which is what we love, right? Like that's the vibe that we like to put out there and the culture we like to be around. Um, what specific like tools do you use? Like we talk about Google Calendar and things like that. Like what are some tools and resources that maybe other LOs or realtors in the industry or just people in general should be using to just keep their business and life organized? Well, okay. So I'm not going to lie. Like I was really failing in that. So I was like, when I grew up in 2023, I'm going to do this and that and the other thing, right? <laughs> So, um, you know, being organized is key because you do have so much information coming at you at all times. And to be honest with you, I never really used a CRM because I just remembered everything. Like I could remember the first person I talked to in 2004. Like wow. I just, I remembered everything like a freak show, but I also have post-it <laughs> notes and, and that kind of stuff. But now, um, because I am a little bit more out in the open as far as like speaking and things like that. Um, I definitely am all about the Google calendar because I need to know where I'm going. You know, like I need someone to be on the head, but I need someone to be the neck a little yeah. bit. So yeah. um, I have three assistants. I have my own dedicated processor, but um, right now Google calendar has been saving my life. So that way I know what closings I'm going to, um, you know, and then when I'm doing something like this, I do have my text messages and calls forwarded to one of my um, assistants. So that way, speed of response never ends. Yeah. It's, it's always there because um, it's not about five-star service. It's world-class service. And I feel like the industry going forward, that customer service piece is going to be everything because you can throw a rock and hit a realtor. You can throw a rock and hit a loan officer. Um, but what is going to separate you from everybody else? Well, mm. you know, why should we use you, Becky? Well, why wouldn't you? Why would you want to work with a stranger instead of someone that's going to really be in there working with you and helping your family? Because I see you because I was you. Yeah. And, you know, so I feel like that service is everything. So when I'm able to be here and be present because I feel like we're always a million, we're always floating around. I'm like, I don't know where I'm coming or going. <laughs> but um, a goal of mine going forward is to be in the room, but be here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be present, be in the moment with my clients, my referral partners, um, the radio show. And so um, we're getting me started on a, a good CRM. Um, I think it's called like Fox Fire. There's a, this new thing that's happening um, that we're using. I, I they, they just talked about it yesterday with me. Um, so unfortunately, I don't know the name of the new CRM I'm going to be using. But before that, it was just me relying on, you know, I set certain calendars. I set appointments. Um, I do a face-to-face -face buyer consultation. Every buyer speaks to me. They don't. I'm not the person behind the curtain. You're not someone where if a buyer is, if someone is giving me that contact, they are speaking to me. 
beginning, middle, end, we're constantly, I'm the one that you're speaking to. Now my assistants do get involved, obviously, because you can't get somewhere. Some At some point in time in your career, you do have to stand on someone else's shoulders yep. to get there. And, you know, so because of them, I'm very blessed and fortunate that um, I can trust them to be the person that I am if I'm not there. I've trained them very well to speak how I speak, answer how I answer. You're on the emails the way I want you to talk to because, again, it has to be seamless, it has to be flawless. So anyone that's new in the industry, if you're wanting to be successful, you have to get uncomfortable and being uncomfortable. You have to get out there. You don't need to know all the answers. You just have to be in proximity to the people that want to help you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, people are like, oh, what do you do? What's your What's your secret to success? There is no secret to this you are the secret it's you have to be i call it the secret sauce boss right i'm my i'm the secret sauce right yeah. you're the secret sauce you have to be your own secret sauce boss and you know you could have oh well i use this serum and that serum at the end of the day you could have all of the things you could have all of the notes but if you don't apply it it doesn't matter yeah. because there is no easy way to success you have to grind you have to hustle you have to be present you have to know your stuff this is a skills-based market and and we we're talking about We'll get into it, but I've been waiting for a market like this to happen because I grew up in a market like this, tough, Mm -hmm. and it's going to weed out a lot of the people, and they need to go Mm -hmm. because people are like, oh, you know, what's your business like this year, Becky? Are you seeing a decline? No, because the last two years were fake. The last two years were not real. It's more money and things and transactions that anyone in real estate and mortgages has ever seen in their entire life. They didn't even know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. They did not need to deal with it. And the fish is just floating, jumping, jumping in the jumping in the boat, jumping in the boat, right? <laughs> and now these people don't know how to fish. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to hunt. Where's and then you're seeing this loan officer show up at your door that you've never seen before. Like, well, let's go top golf and let's do the you know the dog and pony show. But when you give them a transaction, if it's not easy, they blow it up. Yeah. And it's going to start, exp- it's going to expose people. Yeah. And this is going to be a market where 30% of real estate agents are going to get out. The other 60% are going to struggle. And then the 10% are going to dominate and take over the territory because they do know their stuff. Mm-hmm. We do have the experience. We do know how to pivot so the deal does not perish. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be key. And there really is no CRM that's going to help you hide that. Yeah, absolutely. There isn't. Absolutely. I think that's one thing I really love about about Elite is that, you know, the training that you put together and stuff, and I'm sure the training that you have for your assistants mm-hmm. and the people you bring on, you're teaching people how to fish rather than feeding them as they sit at the table. Right, you know? right. That's one way I explained our training to someone the other day. They're like, well, what's your training like? I'm like, we're going to teach you how to fish. We're going to teach you how to make this work regardless of what the market is, regardless of who you're partnering with. You're going to learn how to hunt and kill. Absolutely. I love that. Okay. So to that point, you're absolutely right. But that's why like we are the next generation. We are the generation that actually is reaching down and pulling people up with us. So that way we do have skilled real estate professionals. We have skilled loan officers out there because we don't want another black eye in the industry. We saw it. We don't want it. And I'm trying to get, you know, change the way people look at lenders because people look at lenders like we're the bottom feeders when we're not. We're bringing the money. Mm-hmm. We are the ones that are. So like when the sun, the moon the and houses align, myself is in the middle holding all that <laughs> stuff together. Right. Right. And, you know, and people bypass. Oh, well, let's, let's just get the lender to pay for it. Let's get the lender to pay for it. Let's get the lender to pay for it. And we become like this, like where it's like it's cash cow a little bit like with leads and MSAs and I'm sponsoring this event and 
I feel like the, you know, lending industry, like we've been almost like taken advantage of when reality, it needs to be opposite. It needs to be shoulder to shoulder or equal. Absolutely. It's it's a team, right? Like everybody, when I work with loan officers and other agents and things like that, I talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'll get offers accepted specifically because the other agent wants to work with me. Like somebody else will yeah. have submitted a cash offer. I'm submitting a mortgage offer for a first time home buyer with Mishta down payment assistance. Yeah. And it's like, I told my seller that this will be a great deal because you're the agent on yes, it. That's and amazing. that's how I do the whole deal. And like at the end, I always have everybody CC'd on this one email and it'll be the two title companies and the loan officer and the listing agent and the buyer's agent. I'm just like, thank everybody. And everybody's always like, this was the best transaction I've ever had in my life. Everybody's so happy. And I'm like, because we're a team, like mm-hmm. lender doesn't get paid. I don't get paid. Nope. Nobody gets paid unless we get to this table. So everybody needs to look at it like that. And I've had other agents um, where like I come in on a deal, maybe one of my my realtors is having a hard time. And it's always a new realtor with a veteran agent. Mm -hmm. And veteran agents need to really be nicer to new new agents. You know, like Mm -hmm. I train my agents so much, right? They go through a full training um, with me specifically. I train them. It's not just a manager or a random agent. It's me personally training everyone. So you get 20 years of knowledge poured in on you and then I also like couple that with our online training academy and then I have also videos where I go through a purchase agreement line by line so they can watch it over and over and over again so my agents are very well trained well then a veteran agent will come in like I've been doing this for 20 years and I see their license has been for six months and I'm like yeah but we're on a team no we're not well that's why this is failing because you don't believe we're on a team (laughs) (laughs) you're the problem hi it's me I'm the problem (laughs) you've been in the business 20 years and you're out of touch dude yeah totally out of touch yeah and um that training aspect is everything but i i agree with you there's offers where i get accepted just because my name's on the pre-approval as well yeah um because i'm reaching out first if i know my buyer submitting an offer i have that listing agent's phone number i'm making that contact and it blows my mind that people don't do that it's the simplest thing is answering your phone and reaching out yeah and i'm big on if your phone isn't ringing then you need to ring somebody else's and a lot of people don't understand that. And I feel like, you know, the ones that have the knowledge that are very much in tune. So like you could have 20 years and experience, but sometimes experience is a win because you got these people that are out of production. They're out of touch. They have no idea what's happening. You're not that person. Yeah. But we also have things inside us that you can try to teach, but you can't. Yeah. Yep. You know, you can try to get someone to be like, this is how you, this is how you see it. But at the end of the day. I am a dying breed of loan officer that there's other good loan officers, right? Don't get me wrong. Um, But we are a dying breed out there because, you know, 80% of loan officers only know a refinance market Mm -hmm. and purchases are different. Yes. They're intricate. They're detailed. You got a million people in the transaction. One thing goes wrong. You have to literally keep everyone involved and, and communicate constantly yeah. and a refinance is just me and the client me and the buyer and me and the borrower and we're just hamming it out it doesn't matter what goes south because it's just me and them but when you have transactions behind transactions behind transact that matters yeah. and if you're not able to properly and eloquently relay the information that something something went wrong because 90% of the transactions have hair on them they're yeah. going to they are I like that they it have is. hair on them yeah they're <laughs> hair I call them the hairy ones um but you have to be able to get through it and yeah. part of it is is that communication and being transparent you mm-hmm. can't hide it and a lot of times you don't you miss that phone call because they don't know how to say it to you they're yeah. scared Mm-hmm. But there's a problem and I'm just going to act like you didn't email me five days in a row and I didn't say anything when in reality is if you just pick up that phone and say look 
XYZ happened. You share what you're allowed to share because you can't disclose all buyer information, but you share, you know, what you're allowed to, but I have a solution. This is how we're going to rectify, you know, the problem. And there's often sometimes where the agent is newer and let's just say an issue comes up. I know how to fix it. I'll let the buyer's agent know, like, look, this happened. This is how we're going to fix it. Let's get on the phone with the listing agent. And they're not comfortable. The, oh, the buyer's agent isn't comfortable because they haven't been trained how you're, you train your people. And so I'll say, okay, I have no problem making that phone call. Are you comfortable? Because I will always stay in my lane. I'm not going to step on anyone's toes, but I'm also not going to let the deal die because there's a lack of communication. So I'll say, are you okay with me reaching out to the listing agent, divulging XYZ information? Can you be on the phone with me so you can hear it? And we make a three-way phone call. And they're like, okay, great, let's go. And now they can handle that in the future. No mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. I love all of that. That's so too. important. Like everybody who is listening needs to call Becky for their loans because <laughs> obviously she is amazing. Um, because just that, like I had a boss one time, Joe, and there was always just awful things happening in the office. But he he made a comment one time. He's like, Trish, like I could tell you the whole world is burning down as long as I tell you. Like as long as you is if I communicate to you like the world is burning down, you'll be like, okay, and next we're going to do X, Y, Z. You know, so yeah. like you said, if if you just have those hard conversations, it's like, okay, now we can all breathe and we know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. Everything. Yep. You can always find a way around that brick wall. And I think that's what, what is great about um, people like us who have been in the, in the hard, hard times yeah. is like, we're not afraid to do that hard work. And having a loan officer by your side that's willing to do that hard work is everything. And that you're willing to make those phone calls too, because like you said, there's tons of loan officers that aren't willing to make those phone calls they're like here's the bad news good luck yeah Yeah. I can't fix it and like you can fix it and there's times where I'm the second phone call and that's fine I'll be the second or third phone call but I'm gonna be the last yeah I'm gonna be the one that's gonna figure it out and if it's not now it's when and that's why in the beginning I was talking about you know rejection is protection because even if someone doesn't qualify right now and I tell you no it's not it's not if it's when when you're going to qualify how are we going to get there and it's not if you're going to be successful Trish it's when you're going to be successful and um and painting that picture for everybody when they can't see it for themselves it's key I mean I have a closing that's happening tomorrow for um first generation home buyer Mm. um she's been through it she didn't think she could go through it and um, just a real quick story on that one because it's important. Like it's probably been one of my harder transactions in my career. Mm-hmm. It's been everything hard. It's Shinoa. It's um, they don't have any money. They, you know, switch from a 1099 to a W-2. It's mm-hmm. all everything and you're constantly changing and you can't just be like, oh, can you get an extra $500 because the tax is a little bit higher. They don't have it to get. Yeah, It's been difficult. And in the middle of this, her sister passed away. Um, her rent's going up. The landlord wants the rent to go up. I'm trying to find a way to make this work. So we finally got the clear to close. But um, if I wasn't constantly on the phone with these um, with the agents, it would have blew up anyway because they weren't understanding. Because we're about it's going to be about 45 days for a Shinoa. So Shinoa is a different form of a down payment assistance program. Okay. We couldn't go Mizja because she had an older daughter that was going to have to qualify for the loan because any adult has to qualify for, for Mizja. She didn't have the credit. I couldn't fix it, nor did I have the time to fix it. It was going to be like a long time. So I was like, okay, let's go Shinoa. Well, Shinoa is a second mortgage. It does their own underwrite, but we're also approved. So we do the underwriting ourselves. She goes and gets a gift from this nonprofit 
and doesn't tell me, well, this gift is now creating me not being able to get an approval because mm-hmm. it's too much. It's she doesn't have any of her fu- own funds, um, no skin in the game. And the under the overall underwriter, they didn't they didn't like it. So I had to get rid of this gift and we had to do all this stuff. But here we are clear to close. But when I'm speaking to her, she's so down. Oh, I don't know, Becky. I just I've never you know, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. And I was like, listen, I'm going to get you in this house before Christmas. I need you to hear me say it. And I know that life has been hard for you. I know that you've had the the worst of the worst happen to you. But at some point in time, the world is going to bend in your favor. And I'm the one that's going to do it for you. I was like, so I need you to trust me. I need you to hear me. We're going to do it. But you have to trust me. In the middle of that, I'm talking to the agents. Look, this is going to feel like I'm driving a stick shift for the first time. We're going to jerk our way all the way to the finish line. But as long as you know that I'm going to get us there, I need you to know that like, behind the scenes I'm doing everything I humanly possibly can they're like yes okay we're in it let's go so you have those conversations up front I set the expectation and how she canned me was she actually was originally a Mishda buyer and so she's like I don't like my loan officer that I was dealing with and I was like okay that's fine let's talk about it let's see where you're at so I pull her credit and then I'm talking I'm like are you working with a real estate agent well I was working with this one agent I'm working with this other one I was like okay well that's part of your problem is you're, you have a little bit too much. You're talking to too many people. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to too many people, you got a lot of, you got people telling you different things. You need to focus on who you feel comfortable with. If you want somebody else, I can give you a, a referral partner, but that is it. You need that. We're not talking to anyone else. Let me do my job and let me get you in contact with a person that's good. However, you're already working with people. So we need to have respect for that. So who is it that you're working with and on a regular basis? So we start talking. And she's telling me the real estate agent that um, has been already sending her homes and already drove her to houses because her car, she didn't have a car either. I was like, okay. The more she's talking, I was like, I know that agent. And I was like, I is her name this? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I have a relationship with her. You're working with a really good person. Awesome. We're not going anywhere else. You're going to stay right here. Because it's about cultivating those relationships. She's already invested in you. And I'm not here to pivot away from, I'm not here to take food away from anybody. So I have those conversations because if there's a relationship there, then we need to maintain that always. And I'm going to do that for whether it was someone I knew or not. I recognize that there clearly was investment made by that real estate agent. And I just happened to know who they were. But even if I didn't, I still was going to keep her there because that's, that's one thing that I wish was better in our business is that lack of loyalty. And that that lack of understanding of like we use my people use my people well the people that have been there whether i know them or not clearly she was driving you picking you up taking you to houses that that's means a good something agent. yeah that's a good agent and that means something so I, who was i to take that away from anybody whether i knew them or not right so here we are about to close and um crying when i told her she was clear to close i mean like all this like probably is like 60 years because she's older yeah. buying her first house 60 years of emotions coming through because she never thought she was ever gonna be able to do it because she was meeting the wrong people. And God put her in my way for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel with anyone that I speak to. Because I feel like it is my job to get them where they got to go. And I know you guys feel the same way. That's why you're as successful as you are in your businesses. Because you care. You connect. It's not about that paycheck. And whether it worked out or for her that day or five years from now, I was going to be that call. Yeah. Because I'll give everyone a little bit of a nugget here. No one will ever shop you, go away from you, client, partner, whatever. If you can answer and genuinely mean it, 
three questions that people don't even know that they want answered. It's, can you help me? Can I trust you? And do you care? Mm. Oh, so good. More write those down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reverse and write those down, friends. Yes. <laughs> For sure. So you, you've talked about um, some of the down payment assistance programs in yep. that little bit. Um, tell everybody what is going on today, right? Like we, we see so many things on Facebook and news and like, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. Yes, and I get so many clients just by actually teaching them facts instead of what they see online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So spit some facts for us, Becky. What is happening today? Okay. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> some things. The Right now, it is truly the best time for a buyer to buy a house, you know, probably since like 2018, because I feel like the market's been shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you talk about, oh, it's shifting, it's already shifted, it's it's here, you know, we've known it was going to happen. But right now is a really good sweet spot for buyers because this market isn't just one thing. Technically, on paper, it's still very much a seller's market because there's a lack of inventory. You can't hide that. But there was this moment where people got scared because of the interest rates. They gasped, right? And buyers kind of took a, a breath away from that. But now they're getting hit with these letters of rent because if the buyer doesn't recognize that it's a good time for them to buy, the investor surely does. And they are gobbling up all of the properties that they humanly possibly can. They don't care that the interest rates are a little bit higher because they know that when the shoe drops, people, if they're not buying, they have to go somewhere and they're going to rent. So this market isn't just one thing. This market is a seller's market technically, but it's also this moment where buyers can really get a great deal. There's negotiating power. They're not having to come in like a skipping scone on two wheels looking at this house, knowing they got to like come in with their suitcase of money with 50 grand over asking. They can actually see the house a, a time or two. Right. They can negotiate. You can get concessions and concessions is something where a seller agrees to pay some of your closing costs. That is something that, a lot of my buyers have right now that they couldn't have even six months ago. Yeah, yeah. And so this is that moment where if you're a buyer and you're listening to this podcast, you need to really start the conversations of what your timeline looks like to have home ownership because I guarantee you're going to be hit with that rent letter if you haven't got hit already, whether it's a, a private residence or a apartment. But you need to invest in yourself because the reality is the rates are going to come down. We're in a cycle. It's You can see it clear as day. This is just one of many that we've been in national history. And um, when the rates come down, you're securing the house at a rate and a house, uh, payment that you know you can afford, right? You want to do that. And then you're going to refinance at your leisure because I truly believe that, and you can only see it, the rates are coming down because um, the Fed, I feel like they did a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So everything's starting to kind of fizzle out because they're raising the rates based off of yesteryear's inflation reports. And um, a little education piece. So when you hear about the Fed raising the interest rates, that has nothing to do with really the mortgage rates. Mortgage rates tend to follow inflation. So the last two years, when the rates were the lowest they've ever been in the history of ever, it's because they were artificially deflated. There was almost like you got to vigilate like there was guardrails because technically the rates were supposed to go up in 2020 and then COVID happened. So they not, they kept them where they were. While inflation was just going through the roof, We you know the rates stayed very, very low and everyone knows it was low so then here they are they take these guardrails off and you just saw the rates just go through the moon and everyone thinks that was because the fed um announced this rate hike well when the fed is doing that that's more for short-term and short-term loans like your HELOCs, your credit cards your car loans that more is directly affected to what the fed is doing and mortgage rates typically follow like i said inflation so now you're seeing these rates come down a little bit because now we're getting this year's reports 
for inflation and they are it is actually a little bit under control so that's why you saw for example like Mijda they went up to six and a half well then they pulled it back down to 6.375 you know because the market is settling as far as rates go so I feel like in the beginning of the second quarter of 2023 you're going to see those rates come down I feel like we're going to settle in the fives and what's going to happen it's going to be another extreme seller's market because there is that housing inventory. They're just, yeah. it's going to be a really long time till we get out of that because there was just not enough homes built over the last 10 years. And that's the truth. So if you can buy a house now, if you're so inclined, you need to start the conversations because this is where serious buyers only, and you can have that, um, that pocket of really good affordability because it's going to get really, you're going to see that competition come out again, come spring. And the ones that secured the properties now, they're going to be refinancing and chilling. Yeah, you said on your radio show when I was on there, and I've used it like every day since, it's your forever home, not your forever loan. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> I was done with the rate, the date stuff. I was like, no, because that's the truth. It's, yes. you, you have to look at it like that. And I feel like everyone is so reactionary. You know, you hear something online, it's wrong. If you see rates online, outdated. You have to be with people that are have their nose to the grindstone and are literally eating, breathing, doing it every day because that's where you get your news. Yeah. Not something online, not, you know, because if you see a rate online, it's done because it changes every day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously people need to call you. How do they find you, Becky? How do how do people contact you so they can work with you, realtors, buyers, all the people? Um, well, I, everyone can call my cell phone and it's I only have one number. It's not a phantom number. It's the same number that my mom calls me and you know my grandma calls me on. Um, so you can always reach me at 734-778-8484. That's my cell, my office. You can actually look me up at capitalmortgagefunding.com. You can follow me on Facebook um, and the Hardcore Mortgage Show. I'm, I'm right there. You just look us up. Um, just really just type in Hardcore Mortgage Show. We're live on YouTube every Saturday. We're live on Facebook and you can hear me on the radio, radio waves. Um, so I, you can definitely find me. And then on Instagram, you look up Team Alley, which is A-L-L-E-Y. Or you can even we can be friends on my personal one, which is I think I'm like Rebecca Alley 11 cat or something like that. It was like <laughs> something I invented when I was like 20 or whatever. And I just rocked with it. But um or getting 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 in contact with Trish and I homegirl over here because you good like good people align with good people so um I know that people can find me should they need to and I know that I'm going to push people your guys's way because you guys are really good at what you do and that's a rare thing to find and being authentic is a beautiful thing and when you know that your greatest value is speaking to the person that you once were in the room that's everything and I know that you guys are connecting to your clients that same way. And that's why you're always going to be successful. That's why you're always going to have genuine, authentic relationships because you can't fake it till you make it in this business. You really can't. You cannot. <laughs> no. You can for a little, yeah. but it doesn't last long. Mm -mm. No. All right. All of our serious stuff is out of the way. We yep. like to ask a couple fun questions. If you could go back to day one you, mm -hmm. what advice would you give her? My day one would be shed that limiting belief that you need someone else's permission to be successful. Ooh, I love that. Mic drop. So ask her no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be it. Can for I ask sure. mine? Go ahead. Okay. If you could be any animal, what would you be? Okay. So um, it used to be a cheetah. Because back in the day, I, was, I could see that. Yeah, back in the day, I was I was fast, so I was like, I, I love cheetahs. Don't get me wrong, but now um, I would be a lion. Yeah. Like um, not only because I'm a Leo, okay, and I feel like I fit the bill for Leos anyway, but um, it's something that 
me and my brother, he was my best man at my wedding and um, we have a special connection and he just randomly will hit me with like an, a lion face emoji because he knows that we're the lions of the family. And, um, you know, in a world of sheeple, right? You need sheeple. to, yeah. So I like in, a, that. in a world, in a world of sheeple, um, we need more lions out there, but, um, you know, to lead and lead by example and lead the right way. And, um, so I definitely would go with, a, with a lion for sure. Oh, well, that's better than my answer. <laughs> <laughs> what was your, what was yours? I like elephants. I mean, those are, elephants are really cute and they're so, they're so smart. They so are. I can see that. I love, I love elephants. They're cute. They're beautiful. They're majestic. Mm -hmm. They're just, and they're fun. Yeah, they're innocent. And uh, you can climb up on top and take a ride like Georgia the Jungle. Yeah, or if you mess with them, they're going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to kill you. They're adorable powerhouses Do you want to ask your last question before we run out of time? What is the last question? Oh, favorite vacation spot and why? Okay, so we talked about that before, uh, before we started. And it's, <laughs> it's a new thing. Um, Hawaii. I went there for my honeymoon. Um, I'm really big on goals. So I feel like everyone needs to write their goals down because I feel like if you put it in a paper, you put it in the air and you throw that boomerang, it's going to come back to you one day or another. Yeah. Um, I wrote down Hawaii when I was 18 and it's been on my rollover list. So if I don't accomplish it, it rolls over. And I finally checked that box um, this year and it was the most beautiful, exotic experience. I felt so connected um, to myself uh, connected to my wife, Mikkel. Um, it, it was so, it was such a blessing because it is such a beautiful place. There's a million places in the world to go to, but to know that that is a secret place that very few people visit in the United States. Um, I feel like you need to go to because, um, it's accessible and, um, you can be at one with yourself and not like a weird hippie way. It's just, it, it's something that you, it's hard to put into words. It's so beautiful. I know. I was getting on the plane to leave and I was like, oh, I got to go back to the U.S. And I'm like, I'm in the U.S. That's yeah. stupid. Yes. <laughs> All right. We could talk for days and months and weeks and years, but we have to end the show before producer Dave's blows his top. So thank you. Subscribe, like, share. Love you. Thursdays. Bye. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> We thank you so much for joining us today on the Elite Live with Trish and Kylie. Be sure to share the episode with a friend so we can continue bringing you more great tips on grit, grace, and real estate. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook. We hope the ideas we share continue to help you build an empire and leave a legacy.